Hey man, you going to chapel today? So Morning, Nathaniel. How you doing today? Ah, good morning. I'm doing well, Shevin. How are you? Good, good. You want to introduce our guest today? I would love to. Um, I think it's very applicable to say today we have a friend of the show. I would say so too. Yes, yeah. I think that's. I think that should be first and <laughs> foremost, um, a, a, a a staple of the hall director um, crew mm. that that is here. Um, a former New Englander turned Midwesterner, um, a avid world traveler, and a, and a future world traveler, and a future world traveler, past, present, and future. Yes, and just a wonderful human being, Jesse Woodring. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, so yesterday, I think, was the first snow, which is really, I think, important to talk about. Mm -hmm. So thoughts and opinions. Oh, well, I'm a winter person. I mean, I'm, I would say I'm a seasons person. So mm -hmm. I really like it when the seasons change. I really like it when the, uh, you know, the temperature changes or you can like kind of feel a little bit more alive or whatever. So last year a couple of years ago actually i feel like i realized that i actually really like winter mm -hmm. <laughs> which is maybe an unpopular opinion but i think i just like the coziness i like the the comfort i like yeah. the, the cold it's outside the warm inside and mm -hmm. one of my friends actually who doesn't live near me now she does this cute thing where she'll like send a bunch of packages to her friends mm -hmm. to open on the first snow really so ironically that package got here yesterday. Oh, no way. So I got to open my first snow package yesterday nice. on the day of the so first So what's snow. in the snow package? It's it's really more the idea of being able to open something yeah, <laughs> than anything else. True. But mm -hmm. this year it had like a, a little bath bomb in it. <laughs> it had some hot chocolate. It had, um, you know, are you familiar with the pickle in the tree ornament? Like the tradition no. where you... No? No. Really. Okay, so there's this tradition. My family doesn't really do it, but I really love stuff like this, where you hide a pickle ornament in your Christmas tree, hmm. and then you look for it. Like, the somebody hides it, and then anyone mm -hmm. who didn't hide it gets to look for it. Whoever finds the pickle before Christmas, they get a special gift on Christmas huh. Day. So she sent me this little pickle ornament to hang in a tiny tree. All right, when you're over for Lighthouse, you better be looking for it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We should do that for Lighthouse. That would be, be fun. I'll put my tree up probably next week, so okay. maybe yeah, maybe after <laughs> Thanksgiving. I I, just don't tell anybody, and then I'll look uh, for yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you'll just look for it. like, I found the pickle, guys. <laughs> They'll be like, what? Oh, what's the pit? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so kind of just getting to know you for yes. our listeners. What brought someone from because you went to gordon college mm -hmm. i believe i did and the listeners if you guys have any longevity here i feel like you might have heard that name every once in a while <laughs> um so what brought that you brought from, up a few times with our potentially, yeah. yeah and i think um we all are we all know that you're the reason that he DML followed me here. Yes. Yes. He followed you. Like you yeah, started the trend. He said Jesse went to Taylor. I should probably do that. Too. You were the first. You were the first like cultural exchange. <laughs> like you, you were the, you were the, you were the, you were the wedge that yeah. opened up the floodgates. Yes, that's so, it. So, um, what, what, what started this mm. revolution? So I, I mean, I really had no intention of living in the Midwest. It's so funny when you said I was a former New Englander. I don't even know if I like identify as a former New Englander. I feel like I still like pretty heavily identify. Dang. Okay. Someone the other day was talking about, like, how, at what point are, are you a Hoosier? And I said, 
I don't think I will ever be a Hoosier. <laughs> Though I have lived here for seven years now, I don't really feel like I identify with this area. I much more identify with like Massachusetts and New England. Yeah. But um, I really enjoyed my time at Gordon. Michael Lindsay and I actually came in at the same time. So he was my president my freshman year, and that was his first year as president. So I feel like we have a special connection. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, yeah, like I said, never really expected to live outside of Massachusetts, really. But I think that's also because I just didn't have any experience outside of Massachusetts. My family had always lived in the same spot. And I hadn't traveled that much. My family went to, like, Florida on vacation. And, like, my grandparents live in Connecticut. So mm-hmm. didn't travel that much. Um, but I heard about Mahi, the Master of Arts in Higher Education, mm-hmm. at Taylor from, actually, one of my, the friend who sends the snow boxes. She was my okay. hall director at the time. So you can be friends with your hall director right. even after you work for them. Right. Um, but she had done the Mahi program. And my sophomore year, my first year as an RA, she told me about Mahi. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you should think about working in higher ed. You seem like yeah. you have a natural gift for this. You seem like you'd really like it. And I was like, thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> I'm going to be a teacher. So right. I appreciate that. So that was your undergraduate? Yeah. So I actually came in elementary ed and English. But I didn't take any English classes. I just switched my major to chemistry my freshman year okay. mm-hmm. in October, which is a weird situation, mm-hmm. I mean, to switch from English to chemistry. But I felt like the Lord was calling me to do it. And I just, it was one of those moments where you're like, I can study anything. Right. Yeah. And I was helping one of my friends with her like stoichiometry homework. And I was like, I know moles. Right. I know mass. Yeah. I like this stuff. And she's like on the phone with her mom. She's like, yeah, I'm here with my chem tutor. I'm like, Madeline, I am not your chem tutor. <laughs> anyway, so I my degree is in secondary education and chemistry. Okay. So I student taught. While I was student teaching, I was like, I'm capable of this. Like, I right. can teach. It's possible for me. I didn't feel like I was using all of myself, though. And something that felt really missing was talking about what else other than content was happening in my students lives because I mean high schoolers have a whole different like range of things going on than college students but I just felt like I was missing a huge point Mm -hmm. for them and so I had told myself I wouldn't go to grad school until I knew what I wanted to go to grad school for and then suddenly I found myself going to grad school yeah so that's how I got out here in Upland Indiana yes (laughs) and it was hard yeah (laughs) so what's kept you here uh well I actually was really hoping that I'd get to tell this story this morning Mm. when I was um, applying for jobs. So your second year in the spring in Mahi is when everybody's frantically like applying for jobs. And I knew I wanted to be in res life. Like I knew I wanted to be a hall director. No brainer. Um, And I really didn't have any intention of staying at Taylor. But my mindset going into it was, okay, if there's a job at Taylor, I'm going to apply for it simply to like humanize the job process at other schools yeah so if i'm interviewing with like a director at another place it's like i'm interviewing with the director scott barrett at the time at taylor so i can like kind of you know maybe feel a little bit more comfortable or humanize the process Mm -hmm. so i planned or unplanned and then planned to apply and then throughout the process dealt with like some imposter syndrome like feeling like have i tricked them into 
mm-hmm. interviewing me? Like, mm-hmm. did I really put my best foot forward this these last two years? Do they really? Do, why do they think I can do this? Um, and then when I ended up getting down to it, I did my own campus, and then it was between two people, and Scott offered me the job, and I it was like an even deeper pit of like I'm an imposter. How how did I like convince them to give me this mm-hmm. job? I can't do Olson. Olson is so big. Mm-hmm. I'd never worked in an all female hall. Mm-hmm. I'd never worked in a hall so big. The hall director before me had a huge personality, big shoes to fill. I felt like I could never be Lisa Barber, which, I mean, spoiler alert, you're not supposed to be somebody else. But, right. <laughs> um, and then at the same time, I was also applying for a job at Gordon. And that job was in my residence hall that I had lived in and been an RA in for two years. Yeah, It's a co-ed hall, and it would have been back in Massachusetts. You know, mm-hmm. I was the girl during Mahi that was always talking about the ocean, going back to Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. I had like a, a pretty, I would say, defining moment for myself where I was like, okay, if I've been telling everybody that I want to go back to Massachusetts, why why doesn't it feel obvious to like take this step? Yeah. Why am I like dealing with this tension between the Olsen job and, and Gordon? And um, so on the same day that Scott offered me the job for Olsen, I also got an offer for an on-campus interview at Gordon. Mm. Or did I say at Gordon? No. Yeah. At Taylor. At the job at Taylor, the on-campus at Gordon on the yeah. same day. Right. And if I accepted the on-campus interview at Gordon, I would have had to like – terminate the process at Taylor because Mm -hmm. the other one would go on longer I didn't have enough time yeah and that day was probably like the most I had the most anxiety of my whole life that day because I just wanted the Lord to tell me which one I should do Mm -hmm. like do I go back to like what I really like and what I know and what I know I thrive in a place I love or do I like try this new hard thing do I stay here what does it mean for me and I spent all day trying to, like, seek wisdom and seek the Lord and pray and just – it was one of those things where I was like, oh, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I was living off campus um, in an apartment, and I walked down the driveway that afternoon just, like, praying. And I remember being barefoot. Like, that was really grounding for me, like, being barefoot so I could, like, feel the cold of, like, the driveway or whatever and ground myself out of my anxiety and – I remember looking at these two trees, like I know exactly which two trees they are in the yard and they look different, right? One was maybe an oak and one was maybe like a dogwood or something like very different trees. And I, I felt, or I heard, or I'm not sure quite how I experienced God in that moment, but I know that the Lord said, both trees bloom. Mm. And I was like, oh. <laughs> thank you right. but that's not helpful but it just was this beautiful moment of like jesse like try either one mm-hmm. like just yeah. make a decision like there's no wrong answer here right and so i'm sure that if i'd gone back to gordon i would have as much fruit in my life as i do now but i am so grateful that i stayed yeah and a lot of reason that i stayed is because the lord asked me to right. mm-hmm. and also like the hope of being able to do some more lighthouse trips, I think was there too. So getting to be part of the lighthouse program and go abroad has really changed my life. Yeah, because how many? So this is your fourth trip now. I know it is on. my fourth trip. In how many years? Um, in five years. Five years. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
what five, about no six years six years yeah because i would i did one in mahi too okay um what about the lighthouse trips mm-hmm. have been like so fruitful i mean obviously i know a little bit but like for the yeah, listeners yeah. yeah um so my first trip that i went on i went with katie rusopoulos who was the director of taylor world outreach mm-hmm. at the time and i was a second year ga i had never been on a missions trip and i had never like i'd been out of the country but it was like canada which when you live right, in new york right. new york <laughs> when you live in new england canada is not that far so and i had been to costa rica on like a choir trip but that was the extent right. of my not much experience not of the much, world right. and so i agreed to go on this trip with katie and i had no idea really what to <clears> expect <throat> except that we were working with refugees on an island in greece and um i mean the experience of going abroad in general is I don't want to I don't want to say it's magic, but it feels like as close to magic as you can get because you go into an entirely different space that has been operating in the same world as you, but other than you mm. the whole time that you were also alive. Yeah. And that just feels like Disney World, like Harry Potter. I don't know. Like there's this other they're speaking another language. They have different ways of being They're I just think it's amazing. They dress differently. I don't know. Yeah. It feels like magic to me to be able to like access an entirely different world on our planet. Mm-hmm. And lighthouse trips themselves are also like really focused on not only affecting the people that you go and serve and see, but also noticing your own personal change in the midst of that. And that has been really powerful for me. And I also think that it's a really well-rounded way right. to see yeah. some of that. So. I could say a lot more about it. But. I remember um, going to Italy my freshman year. Yeah. And it was like, I think the biggest like breakthrough and realization was like, you always see these pictures of Italy, especially like Rome and the old city. And you're like, whoa, those streets are really yeah. pretty. And then you're there and you're like, oh, like every street it's is amazing. like this. And you're like, like, I was like, man, where do they drive? And then I realized like they don't. They just walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, there's not even room enough for a car. And then you realize, like, like isn't this just like an alley? And then you see this, like, tiny little car just pushing its way through. Right. And you're like, what? And then you realize, like, everyone lives there yeah. like that. Yeah. And they've been doing that for, like, thousands of years. Right. Doesn't that feel like magic? It does. It's it so does. different from our life. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that other people exist in a different way. There was a line... Um, Last night we started watching Yellowstone without you, Trevor. Yeah. Um, That's what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Is that a movie? It's TV a series? TV show. Okay. Um, so it's a TV show all about um, like this family that owns like the largest ranch in Montana, oh. like right outside of Yellowstone, hmm. um, which hits close to home for me because yeah. what I was doing this summer. Yeah. Um, it was very f- yeah. Anyways, mm. um, but there's like this. There's this one line, and it's really well written, um, where there's this, like, developer in Montana who's, like, showing the new Mm. area to one of his rich friends. And the guy's like, I just have this tingling. And the developer is like, that's, like, your human nature. He was like, Mm. humans are migratory. Like, there's something about Mm. us that we, we thirst for new land that we haven't seen yet. So that's what has separated us for thousands of years mm. is our ability to adapt and change and move. And they brought it. He's kind of the one of the antagonists. So, I mean, they brought a little more like natural selection Darwinism into it than probably <laughs> needed to happen. But 
I think the essence of that was really beautiful, mm-hmm. though, yeah. and that we are migratory, and I think we are meant to move and travel, mm-hmm. and like that. I think that is kind of what is a is, is a fundamental human experience that mm-hmm. we we need. Um, yeah. But I think another really cool thing that I've learned through getting to know you, and um, through a lot of kind of like who your friends and who your people are mm-hmm. here is presence. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of I think like like you are someone who is always making eye contact and you're always mm-hmm. there with people and I'm kind of curious as to how that developed and how mm-hmm. like I don't know if this is necessarily something that like, we didn't talk about this beforehand so I hope this isn't throwing no, you no, off it's too fine. much it's good. but it's something that I've really noticed that it seems like you care a lot about and it's not something you seem to talk about mm-hmm. I've never heard you necessarily expressly talk about it mm-hmm. but I'm just interested where your um, interest in kind of like locus of importance you have Mm. developed for presence is yeah thanks for asking that's a really good question and i i don't think i name presence as a value that i have but i think it's something it's a way of being like an operationalizing maybe of my own values Mm um i I'm going to talk about maybe like two formational experiences and then some of my like recent thoughts about it. So I grew up going to a summer camp in yeah. New Hampshire um, on Lake Winnipesaukee, mm. which is a huge lake in New Hampshire, super well known up in New England. And my experience at camp was really transformational for my faith or, or maybe it's just foundational for my faith, honestly. Yeah. And I think at camp is where I, I first encountered like mentorship or like presence, like 24 seven type presence with mm-hmm. the college students who were my counselors at that time. Um, and I remember like after my first year of camp, it's a like, you know, overnight camp, you go for a couple of weeks. And I realized during that time that like, you can't be a different person at school than like when you go home at the end of the day, mm-hmm. because you're living in a cabin with literally like 12 other people and two college students who yeah. you think are, goddesses at that point but (laughs) um I I learned a lot I think about like the value of being present or being being in the moment and being real about who you are which is really all you can do when you're living that in close quarters so I think camp is like a place where I I started growing this love of like oh what does it mean for people to actually care about me or for me to be a person who cares about other people along the whole continuum rather than just like at school or at band practice or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my experience being an RA was also really like formational in that and wanting to be an RA came out of loving the camp scene, I think. And I've always been drawn to like this uh, 24-7 type job, like mm-hmm. a, a job that demands your lifestyle, which there's pros and cons to like an integrated work in life. But I think overall it has given me more of like a presence in my own life to be, to be constantly pushed by the people around me and constantly like learning. I think that comes from my um, education background too. Like I studied elementary education, then I studied secondary education. Now I study higher education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I feel really, I feel so much like a learner. I also feel like an educator Mm -hmm. and um, I, in Mahi, was exposed to the idea of spiritual direction. Have either of you ever heard of spiritual direction? Not necessarily. Oh, 
A little. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm going to try to describe it, but it might, it might not, I might, I don't have a definition in front of me, but basically spiritual direction kind of goes along the lines of like counseling or life coaching, except that you take yourself essentially like out of the equation. So mm. if I'm sitting across from somebody, if I'm the spiritual director and like if Trevin's my directee, I am like the phrase that I love about it is I'm offering Trevin disinterested loving attention. And right. the disinterest is in my own preferences right. or feelings or responses to that. I am offering Trevin all of my attention and paying attention to maybe what the Lord is also trying to offer Trevin. Mm-hmm. And um, learning about spiritual direction in Mahi and doing a retreat with some of the spiritual directors that um, Sarah Hightower knew in Indy really also continued to turn me on to this idea of like, how am I being curious, like actually curious about the person or how mm-hmm. am I curious about the work of the spirit? And not only that, but like, how can I be less interested in my own agenda? Yeah. Which I think probably is a, a practice that you cultivate too. It doesn't come naturally necessarily because we're naturally like pretty interested in ourselves. Mm-hmm, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'll say one more thing about it. Um, I'm, I have a life coach right now, which has been teaching me a lot about like the value of um, noticing what you're actually motivated to do or what you're mm. actually interested in trying. And I think that when I spend my days, you know, talking to people or sitting with people, I am so much less interested than I used to be in trying to change them. Like I used to be pretty interested in that, I think. We all go through a phase where we're like, oh, I could make you do whatever I want, you know, and you learn quickly you can't change people. But um, life coaching is is more about saying like, okay, well, what are you motivated to do? Like, it sounds like you've got all these ideas. You know, mm-hmm. what do you want to do next? And I think they, somebody needs, people need someone to be present in that, not to tell them what to do. No. So, and I've also experienced that, which is probably why I value it so highly. Right. Mm-hmm. You talk about like, like the spiritual direction stuff. And I feel like that's so mo- much a part of being a hall director. Mm-hmm. Is that you kind of have to sit and listen to how many PAs do you have? Nine? Sixteen. Six, Sixteen. Goodness. <laughs> uh, Sixteen <laughs> PAs every other week um, between two weeks. So you have to kind of listen to them and kind of like ask questions. You have to like – and that's what, something that I respected a ton. And probably I, you, I assume that you do pretty really well. Mm, but like I know Natalie did really mm, well. She does, yeah. Um, kind of just sitting and listening and taking herself out of it mm-hmm. um, and not asking questions about like learning to ask questions about, okay, like what happened? Like, why did this happen? And yeah. not tell it, talk about yourself. Like, yeah. what is like that experience? Like that learning that process. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's a hard thing to do yeah. in a car, like an hour long conversation to not bring yourself up once. Yeah. Well, I, I also think there's a balance there too. Right? right. I, I see a pitfall in myself sometimes where I have learned Sometimes that um, if I take myself entirely out of it, it's also really unproductive because if I am not offering the person across from me any part of myself, then I have no skin in the game. And Peter Young talks a lot about um, 
the idea of like mutuality and I've learned a lot from him about Mm -hmm. like, you know, giving and taking and Mm -hmm. where is it um, helpful to like share some of yourself with anybody at whether you're supervising them or whether, you know, he talks about it in terms of what he's researched about therapy and stuff like that. So I think there is really a lot of value in offering, like putting something on the table that's yours yeah, and saying like, I'm going to continue to engage this conversation be- because I want something to come from this for both of us. But at the same time, I, I would say I've developed um, – pretty like strong stamina for conversations Mm. like that and part of that's because it's my job and so I get to do it all day long but I also do it all day long right um without like a therapy setting I think sometimes a therapy setting feels a little bit more like boundaried or I don't know controlled but I sometimes um (laughs) I feel like this is like showing my cards a little bit but sometimes Things people say are really interesting to me mm-hmm. and I love hearing more and I love like asking questions and my curiosity comes from like a learning place as well as an offering to them place. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what people say is not interesting to me, but if it's interesting to the other person, I will get on board and ask curious questions right. and, and engage in their process with them. But um, I think building the relationship between the two people is what like probably brings the most fruit too. Right. For like, you know, if a PA comes in, I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, what's your day been like? And they're right. like, la la la, it was good. And then they're like, what's your day been like? I have a moment at that time to like decide if I'm going to say, I'm going to put some skin in the game and tell yeah. you my day hasn't been that good. Yeah. And risk, like risk a little bit of vulnerability to hopefully like breed more vulnerability from them. Right. But... I think that's all about relationships too. Yeah. I think it, like it's funny because like it took me so long to realize that like one-on-ones aren't entirely about me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took me probably a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to like a long time. I was like, man, like I, it, during this, this is also a chance for me to invest in Natalie, or my yeah. friendship with Natalie mm-hmm. um, and get to know Natalie better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took like a long time mm-hmm. for me to get there to be like, wow, this like is supposed to like, you know, yeah. like this is a mutual thing. That, like you said, like, this isn't, I don't have to talk about myself for an entire, like, and, like, towards the end, I feel like I didn't need to have the one hour, yeah like, debrief yeah. about the last two. Because, like, I got to do that a lot with a lot of other people. And I kind of learned to yeah not need that, as depend on that as mm-hmm. much. So, I was, like, it felt like a lot more co-dependent. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, yeah. yeah. I got to, like, ask Natalie and got to be real with each other, which yeah. I think is funny. Yeah, it is. And especially, too, like, at the beginning of the year when PAs or really anybody needs a lot more, I always tell people, I'm like, oh, your one-on-one is, like, it's for you. It's not for me. Yeah. But you are welcome to always ask me anything. Yeah. And sometimes that happens more naturally, and sometimes it takes a year or a year and a half or whatever it is. But the relationship always means something. Right. So our advice to Nathaniel care about that (laughs) (laughs) i i really i really do think like sometimes in in the moments when i feel tired in my role it's because i am offering so much or like i am asking so much not asking of people but asking questions of people and um there is it's it's not quite as easy as just ask me something you know like i I think that there's also like a prickly side of me that's like, oh, but mean it, you know, like 
I don't want you to just ask me something and then like walk away. Like right. I'm mm-hmm. a human too. You know, I'm, I'm just as like craving of that connection as anybody. So it does take me a little bit of a hump, I think, to like get over mm-hmm. the, um, if, if someone's like, well, well, how are you doing? I'm like, okay, am I going to answer? What am I going to say? How do I feel? Like there's, there's an initial like rubbing of like rubbing up against something for me because mm-hmm. that's not my natural stance throughout the day, yeah. whether for self-protection or whatever it might be. Does that make sense? It yeah. does. It does. I think it's really interesting how like that care that is sometimes not genuine is such a part of like our cultural mm. greeting of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and I think that sometimes it's hard to disseminate between when it's real and when it's not. Yeah. And like the culturally appropriate times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yes. Because I I think that there's also like there are times where you'll it's just see somebody like hey how are you doing and right. Probably is not the best time to tell them <laughs> right. everything that's happening. And I think sometimes that can get a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what song do we have today? We have uh, Tanner Sutherland. Oh. His, his song, So Sad. So Sad. So we'll go so ahead and give it a listen. All right, get out the tears. Stop fighting to call you my friend And I would give it all up for you In the end, I just gotta let you know Getting tired of calling you on the phone at night I was hoping that you would have read my mind You just gotta say the word, nothing special ain't heard Taught me on a flight tonight For you, yeah, you know that I would give everything I have Will you say that love is something So sad, so sad, so sad, yes, yeah, so sad, it's so sad. Maybe they said you wasn't good enough, maybe they say your hair ain't dark enough, they trying to use words to critique you, yeah, you always leave me speechless, want to give you everything and more than this, I need you to know that you're my only wish. You the only role I never recast Need you to know that you are more than your past You're beautiful for the scars on your back Don't let their actions tell you your worth I never ask you to change a hair on your head Getting tired of calling you on the phone at night I was 
yeah, you know that I would give everything I have. But you say that love is something you've never had, yeah, and that's so sad. Never let anyone tell you your worth. You don't need to change a thing. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's uh Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Um so this this poem is called As Kingfishers Catch Fire. Um this is my oldest brother, Jacob. Oh my gosh, I keep forgetting. Today is one of my brother's birthdays. Oh. And I Happy still birthday. Uh, it's Jacob. Case. 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 And I I promise you I've been meaning to call you about 3 times today and I keep getting distracted. So I will. The day hasn't even been that Uh-oh, long yet. Dang it, my phone. This is awkward. Okay. Um, so this is actually my other brother's, one of his favorite poems, um, As Kingfishers Catch Fire by Gerard Manley Hopkins. As kingfishers catch fire, dragon, mm, dragonflies draw flame. As tumbled over rim in roundy wells, stones ring. Like each tucked string tells, each hung bells. Bow swung, finds tongue to flip out broad its name. Each mortal thing does one thing and the same. Deals out that being indoors each one dwells. Selves, go into itself. Myself it speaks and spells, crying, What I do is me, for that I came. I say more, the just man justices, keeps grace, that keeps all his goings graces. Acts in God's eye what in God God's eye he is. Christ, for Christ in ten thousand places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces. What it means, I ain't entirely sure all the time. Pretty sure it's something about um, seeing God and God in creation and in other people, um, mm. which is fun mm-hmm. um in um reading life together um with uh, by mr bonhoeffer um he has this really interesting and um beautiful kind of exercise um of grace and love when you're living with others where he says that we ought to look at each other not just as man and woman but as um sinners on the cross that Jesus died for Mm. um, and realizing that like the people that we are with and the people that we are around are loved so much by God that he died for them and if that is how you first and foremost look at every single human being that's like a major paradigm shift in how you treat people um, and seeing um, the sacrifice in others which has been on my mind um, this past couple of days, or past week. But um, on to a lighter, our, our next segment, <laughs> hard switch. <laughs> um, Trevin, would you like to sure. introduce introduce this segment? Yeah. So we normally like to talk about your favorite kind of media these days. Yeah. Um, so like, what are like some movies that or TV shows that like you're really <laughs> either into right now or like you're uh, that have. They're basically your favorites. Yeah. Top three, no particular order. Okay. Well, I am way behind the times on this one, but 
this year, I have just started watching Grey's Anatomy. Ooh. You have no idea how much I was anticipating for you to say Ted Lasso, but continue. Grey's Anatomy. Ah, I I would also say Ted Lasso. I did watch it as it came out, though, so I don't feel like behind the times on that one. But Grey's Anatomy has, like, what, like 18 seasons or something like that? I'm on season seven, and I... I understand the hype. There's 18 seasons. They're, and they're like 25 episodes long. Oh, wow. Do you think you're going to finish it? I don't know. I feel like that's <laughs> such a time commitment. I did not realize that. I it's, thought it was like five, six seasons or oh, something. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yes. So right now my like background show has kind of been Grey's Anatomy. Mm. I can do other things. You know, I can like make dinner or. Mm-hmm. Or like play Madden. Or play Madden. Yeah, yeah I do totally that? do that. Huh? Well, why do you say that? I used to do that as a kid. Oh. Watch Grey's Anatomy and play Madden. Well, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I also I'm making my felt flowers for the bridge market That's right. on Saturday. No way. You have so many. I have so many fl- like felt flowers that You're just like I just watch Grey's Anatomy and make flowers. What time is the bridge market? It's nine to three this Saturday, November twentieth. Oh, so much fun! And it's gonna be kind of cold, so. So Nathaniel will probably dress warm. I'm guessing. I'll probably wear shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, Hopefully, uh, it won't be this you know, There was like the warmest day last. It was like sixty five last week, <laughs> and he was wearing his. He just got his winter coat from his great his parents, so he was wearing his winter coat, and I'm like Nathaniel. So it's supposed to be sixty five degrees today. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but it's like forty five now, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, amazing. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh, you're good. Um, give me a minute to think. So I, I really well here. I'm gonna show my cards a little bit here too. On Saturday, I rewatched both of the Justin Bieber documentaries. Interesting. I am a big Justin Bieber fan. I'm going to his concert in April. Really? Yes. And it's in, so in Indy. Well, we would go to the one in Indy, but it's during PA class. So we're going to the one in. Ohio. I think it's in Columbus. Okay. So it'll be a drive, but right. it'll be worth it. Right. So I listen to a lot of Justin Bieber. I also, Taylor Swift's, Taylor's, you know, right. version right. of Red came out over the weekend. So I've been watching, or I watched her short film right. of All Too Well. I think it's phenomenal. She's a wonderful, amazing artist. Um, I also, I did watch Ted Lasso. I loved okay. Ted Lasso. Peter and I watched it every week together. Nice. And I think Peter's the one that introduced us to it. Oh, I'm or sure. Sarah James. Oh, yeah. Sarah James. All, yes, both yes, of them You know, well, I'm both pretty sure Peter I think told got, Sarah James about it. So yeah. I think yeah. we got like a three weeks in a row because we had Peter, I mean, Sarah James and Steve Austin. And yes. Peter. Yep, all oh, three yeah. Of them I think they, yeah. All we're, all, we're all in the same. It kind of feels like, I mean, a lot of people in the world probably like Ted Lasso, but people who are in like growth development professions coaching yeah. essentially positions or Man, people who are you need to see it interested you've access. not seen we don't, it we don't have we access don't, we don't have apple tv you should get a free trial i'm sure there's a free trial you could watch it I'm all sure at once there is too. yeah like yeah, a sure. month or even three months maybe so levi trial. if you're hearing this we'd love a free trial for christmas <laughs> <laughs> i know that you're not i know that you're not it didn't um, work we, the, the first time we asked first him we asked him for the free trial and maybe i don't think he even he didn't even acknowledge me about it he anything didn't. about me he didn't no and he's I not like, he's Levi, not mowing lawns anymore us? so who knows if he's gonna listen i was like levi please get us apple tv we really want to watch ted lasso <laughs> <laughs> he didn't yet so well if you want to you could probably watch it at peter's house he'd probably let you just oh, go in he there probably would. he, he probably has would. apple tv so yeah. okay that's Good how i watched know. it you i don't mean have apple to stop TV. by yeah you should yeah yeah um 
But I feel like right now I'm not really watching anything super interesting. Sometimes I really feel like engaged in what I'm watching. But I have an amazing habit that I feel like I've developed recently where I listen to the um, the Daily and the Up, Up First podcast from NPR mm-hmm. in the morning. And that has been a really positive way for me to consume media, I think. Um, sometimes when I – like I live alone and so sometimes I've been like maybe it would be nice to have somebody to talk to in the morning. Mm-hmm. And – Usually I fill that with music, but recently I've been filling it with a podcast, which mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed. To when, start I was, the day. when I was in quarantine, I was staying in my brother's apartment and I was like just by myself the entire time. And so I was listening to, there's this comedian named Bill Burr and he's just this old man. And he has this podcast where it's just him in the garage and he's just, <laughs> he just rambles like about, in no, about nothing in particular. And he's just like an so old man. Like us, probably. Yeah. He's just, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's just this old man that like by himself is just complaining and griping, but also like coming to like turn, like basically just his own, he like for an hour just in, like internalizes oh his life. And I, for some reason I used to listen to it all the time as like a 13, 14 year old boy while I was mowing the lawn. And I haven't listened to it since. But, like, I, like, did a deep dive. I probably listened to, like, 40 episodes while I was there just because, like, the same thing. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, like, it just, yeah. (laughs) So, um, moving on to books. Uh, What would you say are three books? This one, maybe not necessarily what you've been. It can be, like, what you've read lately Mm -hmm. or it can be, like, what you think. Like, three books Mm -hmm. you think that everyone should read. Ooh, okay. Well, I, I will say one that I just finished recently that I also think everybody should read. I'm really late to the Brene Brown train, but I mm. just read my first Brene Brown book called The Gifts of Imperfection. Okay. And it it is like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It just like uh, mirrors the human experience in yeah. so many ways. Like it just shows you so much about like the human experience that you've not thought about. Um, there's a chapter at the beginning, like it goes through these different like guideposts of wholehearted living basically. Mm-hmm. And I think the nature of my work, I I would use the word wholehearted to describe what I do. And so for her to write a book about like, here's some healthy ways of like trying to have some wholehearted living was has been just really cool mm-hmm. and life-giving and convicting sometimes to me too. And um, at the end of each chapter, it's a pretty short book. And at the end of each chapter, there's like a dig deep section. So it's like, decide what you're gonna do and then kind of gives you some some next steps if you want to like implement some of the things that yeah. you talked about. So I would really recommend that. Um, a book that I read last year, maybe the year before, it's called Educated by Tara Westover. It's a memoir and it's not really so much about education, but the opposite of education. And so it's about mm-hmm. her life growing up in a really rural part of I think it's Idaho. I don't remember the area of the country, but such a rural area that like her her father has really strong beliefs about um, corporate medicine mm-hmm. and all these like he doesn't let them see a doctor. They don't have mm-hmm. birth certificates. Like it's this really wild story about like her life, all the mental health that happens in her family, all of the um, physical danger that her family is in because they are in like the scrap steel business and so it's naturally a very dangerous job mm-hmm. and they get hurt and they don't go to the doctor right. and her mom is also really into tinctures is what they call it but like it's essentially essential oils and so their essential oils business is actually really big and booming currently her view of all of that and her life and her account um, and she talks about like essentially escaping that like life and she has a number of degrees from oxford and traveled and 
you know, she ended up going to BYU, I think, out in Utah. Um, but I was captivated by the memoir. It's Sometimes it's hard to read, but it's yeah. really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, probably because I like real human stories. Um, those are the two that come to mind. But I, I feel like I've actually been more motivated to read in the last couple of years mm-hmm. i feel like in school you read so much or like in grad school you read so much of like whatever's required of you and then it takes a little while at least for me to like rev back up yeah into reading for fun i'll always yeah. plug harry potter though i read harry potter for the first time a couple of years ago really I, w- I was so i read the first four when i was in yeah. like elementary school when they were coming out secretively because my mom would not let me read right. them so i got them from the <laughs> library at school Hid them. That's funny. Brought them home. Read them. But the fourth book. Have you guys read Harry Potter? Okay. Well, oh the fourth gosh. book is a, the fourth, a doozy. The fourth book it's is a, thick a one. doozy. Yeah. And it wasn't really the thickness of the book that intimidated me. It was the end of the book when they're in the Triwizard Cup and it's the mm. maze. With There's a chapter that's called Flesh, Blood, and Bone. Yeah. That chapter. I could see as a elementary school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like. I'm done. I understand why I'm not allowed to read these. It does start to take a little bit of a, a darker turn. Yeah, after it does. The fourth. But then, oh my gosh. And then when I read them again, or read those four, then I read five, six, and seven. And I was like, this is where it's at. Like five, yeah. six, and seven are so good. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. You have to read the books. Okay. I might sometime. You've probably seen the movies. No. No? no. Wait, actually? Huh. You have, I love it. Wait, I love it when people haven't seen or read something good because you get to experience it for the first time. Yeah, I've never seen Star Wars. I wish I could experience it for the first time again. I've never seen like any of like the, oh, what's, um. I feel like we're meeting for the first time. This is so (laughs) romantic, Trevin. (laughs) What's the one, oh, there's another like series, Lord of the Rings. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I watched Lord of the Rings in college and that changed Um, my life too. So like Star Wars, like big movies, like I really haven't seen. Wow. That's insane. You're not interested? No, no. <laughs> I don't have enough interest. Like, I know it's going to take up probably a whole day of my life. Yeah. If I got into it, and yeah. then I feel like I'm not missing much. A whole day, like, like, like a like, consecutive day or a collective, like, like a pieces. Collective, okay, you know, the like hours would the add hours up. together, right? Like, Interesting. Um, which I do waste a lot of time, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but you did mention it. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I would. I was like, how many times have you rewatched New Girl? <laughs> yeah, but that's also just like now, like just to like have something not like kind of helps me go to sleep. You know, not yeah. really, but like just something a yeah. meditating thing that I don't really have to think about, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's that's fun too. Yeah. Like it's it's a it, for me, it's hard to start. There's yeah. a period where there is not a lot of New Girl being watched in the room, like um, like almost a month where yeah. like neither you or Levi was watching it. I'm not gonna lie. It was a good month. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's made its way back. Though. It's made its way back. I know. You guys Aww. have already read. I was like, I've already watched. I've only watched like four. So, I was like, I've already watched this episode this year. <laughs> I've only watched like four episodes like in the last like two weeks, though. Yeah, New Girls, your like sitcom of choice. Yeah. I, it used to be Friends. Yeah. Um, But once I got to college and. In the office. Uh, yeah, the office. But like I don't have the accessibility to Friends in the office. But yeah. I go every time I go home. We watch mm. Friends on TBS. Oh. Um, so, like, that's, like, just, like, a staple going home is, like, turn it on TV, try to see if Friends is on. That's fun. So, like, that's I, that's some, my family show. Yeah. I watch my family. I don't watch New Girl with my family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's too risque. No, just, like, they don't like it. Like, except for yeah. my older brother. My bro- older brother likes it, but none of my other family, yeah. I've tried to get them into it, and yeah. they haven't liked it yet. So. Yeah. 
they're a lot worse than me, I think, in like open mindedness to mm. new forms of media. Mm. So like none of them have watched Star Wars. Mm. None of them have like but like so my mom has only watched like two T V shows ever. Like oh. Friends and One Tree Hill. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh, and like Chicago Fire or something like that. Mm. So um Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I like New Girl too. I think I'm sad that Parks and Rec is no longer okay. on Netflix right now, but I also really like Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek is good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> With a C, everybody. <laughs> C-H-I-T-T apostrophe S. <laughs> Creek. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been delightful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah. It was really, really yeah. enjoyable. Of course. We get you this week and then Jesse Brown next week. Oh, my gosh. So both my trip leaders. Mm-hmm. Kosovo back to back. 2022. I'm so excited to go. You guys are going to have so much fun with just yelling Jesse in a crowded room. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> hey, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. the, I think I might have told you guys this. The the word for good morning, obviously, it's Mirman Jess, which yeah. I feel like I keep telling you so that you know one word. But when I'll they when they say like good morning sometimes they say like mirman jc like yeah. it'll it'll have like a an e at the end of it and so there's some they'll be like mirman jesse jesse <laughs> yeah so i'll be they'll do that to both of us now right that'll, that'll be, be fun. fun i'll do it for sure once, yeah once good. they start doing it then I, I will definitely jump on that trip. i'm it is so fun jesse brown is so interesting too yeah he is he's a he's a i can't wait to talk to him next week that's gonna be a fun conversation mm-hmm. so probably have some of the more yep yeah a lot of um kind of him just probably like sitting there yeah. waiting for a few seconds to he's got yeah that's the, what i was gonna say there's gonna be a little more dead air next week <laughs> I, would, oh. I would say so in the best way possible yes yeah he's really thoughtful he has a lot mm-hmm. to a lot to offer without you like in the meetings there was a lot of just like time like we were just kind of like sitting and, like <laughs> like watching him like process everything like like try like not like in a bad way but like yeah. he, he just like he takes some time to like get things out yeah he does and th- i feel like with you now that you kind of have sped that up and like now when he kind of has stopped the, like you know gone down a, a tangent you kind of like pick that up and yeah <laughs> i think i think my my pace is faster than his yes, yes. just i think all of us have a, probably a pace at which we function and sometimes mine is too fast but mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, thank you so much for coming. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thanks so much. This of is course. really, really enjoyable. To all our listeners, we'll see you next week. It's a new year.